Voiceover Gurus podcast. I'm Linda Bruno, and lucky enough again to have somebody in the studio with me as opposed to all these remote sessions that I do with my friends. Uh, the wonderfully talented Phil Smith. Hello. How are you? It's good to be here. I'm good. Good. How good. Are you? Phil is responsible for my gorgeous websites, plural, because you've done my personal one, my business one, lindabruno.com, and also you've done voiceover.guru. So um, I, th I thought it would be nice to have you discuss some of the pros and cons of SEO and all the web stuff a lot of actors and talent have no idea about. But um, just real quick, you're like a multifaceted guy because you've done a bunch of stuff. He's played in bands since he was in high school. And I know you you toured and stuff with a, a, another friend of ours, Simon. Yeah. How? Where did you guys tour? Yeah, we um, that was pretty much like right out of high school. Um, Mutual friend of me and Simon. Simon's a great drummer, uh, another great business mm -hmm. mind that we know. Um, but we all we started with music. Wow! And um, someone was hanging around a studio, and a guy uh, who was fresh out of a boy band um, signed to Sony <laughs> Records. Um, you know, looking to go. And you were solo. just hanging out at a studio. Yeah, our our friend Nick was uh, interning at a studio, and that's funny. Um, this kid, he was probably seventeen, out of a boy band that was signed to a deal looking to start a solo record and mm -hmm. he needed a band and <laughs> and and time and place and nick just said hey i know some guys and next thing you know we were uh doing uh, a lot of regional radio disney concerts you know so we were playing that you know next to Lindsay lohan hosted one of them wow. hulk hogan hosted one of them met bump shoulder a lot of cool people that's for wild. a kid in high school but um, wow that was cool yeah and then we did a lot of stuff after that that's really cool. So that's like a, a part of your history that I really didn't know too much about because I've known you as a web guy and a CEO guy. And I know you have like, you know, you play all the time. You're a really phenomenal guitarist, too. So um, but I want to at least, you know, talk about that because I have really talented friends. And <laughs> that's kind of the point of doing this wonderful podcast to share some of the knowledge. So a couple things. Um, every musician. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it doesn't apply to musicians. You tell me. Do all actors, voice actors, and musicians, do they need, like, a web presence? Um, I would say if you're serious about what you're doing um, and if, if you treat it like a business, mm -hmm. um, then it should be. If it's, you know, if you're, um, if you're a songwriter, you know, and you just do it for fun, mm -hmm. um, then I guess maybe you don't need a website. But I would say even a songwriter, you know, wants their songs to be heard, wants, you know, wants to create something and... It's as much of a, you know, a business, it might be an art, but it's as much of a business as anything. So I think um, musicians definitely, you know, if they're serious about their craft and, you know, they care to get it out there um, mm -hmm. and, and really just help people find and connect, you need a, you need a website. It's 2018. Right. I yeah. know. I know. I just figured I would ask yeah. because, I mean, I'm not, you know, remember MySpace uh, back in the day. Your space? <laughs> MySpace. Oh. Remember MySpace? <laughs> oh, I thought you were talking. <laughs> so... Uh, okay, so here's another question for you. How important do you think the quality of the website is to reflect on an actor, voice actor? Um, I think it's it's very important. Um, you know, if somebody, if you were a restaurant, a doctor, you know, if you were if you were looking, researching those businesses, you know, mm -hmm. during your you know consideration phase, you know, what what restaurant should we eat at tonight? You're going to end up on a website, and if if the pictures of the food look really bad. You're mm -hmm. probably not going there, even if it's the best restaurant that you could find. You know, right. people aren't. So if somebody is clicking around and they hit some voice talents website that's really like antiquated, you know, they may not even listen to the demos. Yeah. They may uh, not go further than than that. 
Yeah, you you have to, and and worse, not having a website at all. Right. What you know? What would you? How would you consider? How would you view a business if you were during, doing that research phase? Yeah, you have to now. And you got to five voiceover websites, and somebody else told you about Linda Bruno, but she doesn't have a website. Right. How do you? She's out of. You're out of the mix. Gotcha. What about reviews? How important is it for like a talent you think to have reviews on their website? Re- reviews are huge. Um, on your website, that that becomes the, you know, the big trick today. That's a, that's the question. Yeah, I always you, wondered if I should be doing that. You well, know, I mean, I know I have testimonials on you, my personal one, but when you put them on your website, it it can be twofold. You know, sometimes people look at that and they see, well, you control your own website, so whatever you say about ah. yourself, there's a lot less verification, you know, as to how authentic a review might be on your own website. It's great to have. Gotcha. You should, you should have it. Um, but that question will also parlay into search engine optimization. Okay. Um, you know, the sites like Yelp or your reviews that are on Google or Facebook, mm-hmm. um, those, those actually factor into your search rankings. Oh, wow. Okay. Because Google and search engines look look to those because they, you know, Facebook has authority. Google business pages have authority. Um, what do you mean by that? Meaning that there's a, there's a third party company who's verifying that these are real people leaving reviews oh. on their own rather than, you know, I can, t- I can tell you what my friends think about me right now. They all love me. I'm the greatest guy. I'm the funniest <laughs> person. Um, but you might get a different answer if you ask them. Oh, gotcha. Um, so okay. when someone leaves a review on Google about mm. your business, there's a much higher chance that it's it's real or authentic. And Google oh, and any search engine is going to give that a lot of weight mm-hmm. versus, you know, taking your word for it on your own website. Right. Um, and that will play into how you rank. You know, business that has a, a lot of high reviews on mm-hmm. Facebook, on Yelp, on Google – I know it's going to be like a long question for you to probably answer, but explain to me what organic, you know, results are. So organic search results is when somebody goes to Google and they search for, um, you know, vegan pizza near me. Mm -hmm. All the websites that come up from top to bottom, those are your search results. At the very top, you'll see paid ads. Mm-hmm. Those are paid results, okay. meaning that a business, you know, they're they're paying just like you advertise in a magazine right. for that those prominent like a per placements, click, yeah, per click thing. And then everything under that is an organic research result. And what organic means is you're not paying for preferred placement, mm-hmm. but Google or Yahoo or whatever search engine someone's on has figured out on their own these are the websites that are most relevant to a search for vegan pizza near me. Okay, so. They will determine that based on the information that's on your website. If you're a pizzeria and you don't talk about vegan pizza Mm. on your website, what would lead the computers at Google to determine that your website should show up for vegan pizza? So is this all automated for Google, or is it an actual person? It's it's automated, and and this is why you know your website and your search engine optimization is so important because a a computer at a search engine, they're trying to make these computers like people. Mm-hmm. You know, they want... Right. Because you can't hire enough people to search every... There's trillions and trillions of pages oh, on the good. web. So <laughs> good the, point. There's no way someone can do this all day. So what Google is constantly doing is they're teaching their computers with artificial intelligence mm-hmm. how to look at a website, how to read it, but not just read it, how to 
put it into some kind of context the way that a human being would. Um, so they look for things like what are the key, what keywords appear most frequently on this page? What, what's the URL? You know, how do you get to this page? What do you type in? Mm-hmm. Um, also, are other websites linking to your site? So again, mm. back to the vegan pizza. If some, you know, person, Joe Schmo, runs a food blog that reviews all the best vegan food options in your area, if oh, they were to write a review listing. about mm. your pizzeria and it's great vegan pizza and they link to your website, Google will now look at their article, say, hey, this article is about vegan pizza. Mm-hmm. And in their article, they linked to a pizzeria. Then they follow that link. You know, they call the uh, computers are called crawlers. Crawlers. Or okay. robots. <laughs> so these crawlers or robots, that's their job is to just click links and just keep following pages, read. Wow. And they're putting everything into like this big Rolodex. So somewhere at Google... You know, theoretically or hypothetically, there is a Rolodex for vegan pizza. That's creepy and cool at the same time. And in that Rolodex, these are, you know, vegan pizza represents a keyword. Mm -hmm. And then every company in the Rolodex for that keyword is who can potentially rank on a search result page. Wow. So they put a lot of information. And we could probably talk for (laughs) 30 days straight and... and (laughs) You know, just crack the surface. So, so okay, but organic, obviously, you're not paying for that. That's why it's 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 good to optimize. Yeah, you're not. You know, you're not paying dollars, right? Per se, you know, you're not paying for ad placement the way you would in a magazine. Mm-hmm. But you are paying. You're paying in time to ah. to do all of this because gotcha. if you want to be on that vegan bloggers, someone has to reach out to them. Someone gotcha. has to do the legwork to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're savvy and you're a good marketer. You can do that in-house for your own business. Mm-hmm. You can do that yourself. Or you can hire some, an outside consultant who will perform SEO-related services for oh, you wow. on your behalf. You know, they'll go That's out. Cool. They'll find these opportunities for you. And at the end... How much do they cost? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I mean, it can be very expensive. It depends on how competitive you know, your field is. I like that because I really don't have the motivation to reach out to complete strangers. But, you know, these organic (laughs) results, you can see they're they're technically not paid, but you can't get there unless someone's doing the work. Right. So it it will cost you. That's the the down, like the little thing I'm not good at because I'm not a good salesperson. You know, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm too honest or whatever. So not that you have to be a liar to be a salesperson. Let me back up. I'm not, you know, trying to criticize anybody that does sales. But if I don't believe in something, I have a tough time talking about it. You're, we're the same. We like to speak in our authentic voices. Yeah. You know, marketing requires a another layer right. you know, of personality where you have to kind of step outside of yourself and speak. Right. You know, at this top level of the brand. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at that. So that's why I'm like, well, if somebody can do it for me, but if it's really expensive. Yeah. Then Look, if you, if, you, if you open a restaurant... Um, it, this this is the equivalent of word of mouth. Mm. All of these organic efforts, this is the equivalent of word of mouth. You have a great restaurant. How do you get the word out without advertising? Wow. You have to have good food. Right. You have to have good location on the street. I mean, you have to have the good product no matter what. You have to have good service. Yeah, because you can fake for so long and then, you know. Yeah, and, and today it's a lot harder to fake because right. the Internet is, you know um, – I think you. I was listening to your one of your last podcasts with Gabby, and oh, and, and and I remember, she said the internet is like this one big giant review, yes. and it's true you can't fake it anymore because no. people, you know, people aren't dumb, and the information is out there, and it's almost, I mean, there's a lot of my clients say it's almost like 
Yelp wants to hurt your business. Mm, yeah, I've heard they they, they want the bad that. reviews above the good reviews sometimes. Wow, it's interesting. How do, how do you feel about people that like to go into, you know, they do a lot of posting, commenting on posts. But what about people that go on these like tirades and they go into a negative form? Does that ever affect anything? Well, or? well most of my clients, when that happens, when someone comes in and, and really bashes the business publicly on a, on a review site, right? the business owner always is sensitive to that. Yeah. that it's always the, it's the, the sky is falling. Somebody said we're the worst. Um, they found a hair on the plate, like, like right. you know, and, and they and they think their business is over. Once you step outside of that, calm down, breathe. Mm-hmm. You realize, well, you know what? We have fifty good reviews. Right. That most one. Most, most people, this is not going to hurt your bottom line. Most right. people will see, and and give you a pass that hey, this was one bad experience. A lot of business owners want to respond to that. And that's that's where it becomes right. you know, hairy. Okay. Do you respond? Do you not respond? Um, some businesses want to go after them. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, don't, you know, don't say anything about my business. It was probably your fault. You know, you, you know, you came in and gave our server an attitude. You know, you don't want to get into that. I've seen that before. You don't want to get go into back that. And forth. You open up a can of worms. Um, that's not good. It turns me off. I don't want to go to the place after I read all that. It's, you know, I, I try to tell business owners, Treat it like you would treat a relationship in real life. You hear someone's talking about you behind your back. What, what, how's it going to help you right. to go after them, right. to, to make it a public thing? If you're a good business and you, and you do what you do good, your service is good, your product is good, your customers love you, keep doing what you do. Yeah. Don't, don't give it more attention than it, and, than it mm-hmm. deserves. If anything, keep it short and simple. Respond, you know, offer them something, say sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, be 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 modest and humble about it. You know, just say, "Hey, we're sorry you had a bad experience." Right. Don't get into whose fault it was. Just say sorry and offer them something. I leave, had a, leave it. I had a business reach out to me privately after I posted a review that I was unhappy about, and they they were very professional. You know, and they it wasn't in a public forum. They were just like, "Hey, we you know we'd like to talk about it with you," and I respected that because they actually took the time. Um, they had my phone number because it was through Open Table. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was nice, you know. It was they and they remedied remedied it for me, which was good. Um, okay, so staying on this because we need to talk about all the SEO and all this stuff. But how important is social media for an actor, voiceover actor, musician? I mean, do you think that we should be posting all the time? Do you think we should be sharing? So there's first off with any marketing. Whether you're running a multi-million-dollar campaign for Coca-Cola, or mm. we're talking about you know an actor, or musician, or voiceover um, person, there's no silver bullet. There's there's no one prescription that's going to, hey, do this and everything on your social media is going to be great. Um, you have to know your audience. And you have to know your business. And whenever you post, the amount that you post and what you post about. Have something of value to offer people. Okay. Um, so content that's rich with information, with you know, and always think about think about what it is that you have that differentiates you from your competitors. Mm-hmm. Think about how and what might be a value to somebody who sees the post, and kind of put everything through that filter. If you are about to press send on a post or schedule, mm-hmm. and you look at it and say, "This is fluff." 
Mm-hmm. No one, no one's gonna really. This is not gonna help anyone. Yeah. Maybe reconsider posting it. Okay. Because um, generally, people are going to think you post too much if you're always posting things that they don't care about. Oh. If I you're see. always posting stuff of high value, you can get away with posting more. Then so interested. Mm-hmm. And and there's no right amount. You know, if mm-hmm. you if you posted one really high quality, high value post a week, mm-hmm. that's great. You might get you might get really great engagement on that post just because you're conserving everything for this one great impactful gotcha. post every week versus trying to get one out every day that is just kind of going by people's mm-hmm. screens, ah, scrolling right past it. You know, didn't really catch their attention because you're more concerned with I have to get a post out today. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so not so much fluff. Yeah, just it has to add value. You know, right. it has it has to be something that the person who subscribed to get updates from you, they, they opted to connect to you because right. they want to hear what you have to say, not because they want to hear you talk. Mm-hmm. They want to get something out of it. Um, it's the same, again, always bring it back to real life. If you're sitting in a room full of people, you won't just start talking about something random, right? Mm-hmm. You're not just going to blurt out like, yeah, I had pizza today. <laughs> That's what it seems like. It should Everyone be. would look at you and be like, <laughs> "Okay, okay, uh, was it was it good?" <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, treat it the same way. You know, there's there's a bunch of people who are using Facebook, using Instagram because they want to see what their friends are doing. They want to see interesting stuff. And if you're just a voice that's mm. just throwing more noise into that or saying random things that don't really apply oh, to them, interesting. Why would they care? Yeah, that's true. Now, uh, the same holds true for being interactive with people that that maybe comment on your stuff. Should you interact? Should you? I think you should. I I think if you, you know, if you have a good way about you, you know, I I know some people I would say just don't don't Don't. talk, don't (laughs) don't don't write anything. It's not going to help. But, you know, if if you um... does it help to follow back? Yeah, I, yeah. I think it, again, and it depends. I, I hesitate when I say that because it really depends on the yeah. bi- the business. Mm. Um, you know, some celebrities like are really concerned with the follower ratio. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they right. want thirty thousand people following them, but they want to follow one person. Right. Um, yeah. How? I mean, does that? It, that that's. I think that's just more of an optic thing. Mm-hmm. You know that that's just something that very superficial. That is just. If you're a celebrity, that's just that's what you. It's need. like a popularity contest, yeah. um, you know. But like we were talking, I have bands, you know. Mm. So right, if somebody follows us, I follow them back. Mm-hmm. I want them. I want to make them feel like we cared enough to follow them. Gotcha. But what if somebody follows you? That's obviously just pushing a business. They have nothing to do with what um, you're t- <laughs> what you're posting. You know, if a I, lot of that you know, happens. I I don't obsess over it. You know, I don't look at my notifications and see like, oh, I had 10 followers today. Who are they? You know, let me look through every single one and Mm -hmm. figure this out. But I I do the glance test. Like if I see a name that looks like, you know, you know, marketing info for us. Right. You know, like (laughs) I I don't, I don't need to, I'm not going to follow you. You know, I don't, I don't want it in my newsfeed. You know, I don't want to see it. Gotcha. Well, I know that, you know, for us, social media has become like a part-time job for Sandy. Uh, who's the production assistant here at the office. She's the office manager. Um, I'm sure I've mentioned her before. She's like my right hand. But she literally every day is trying to find, but she tries to find quality content to post for voiceover gurus. You know, we find tips, we find, and we have a topic usually that we cover, you know, studio setup or vocal health or whatever, which I think has really helped. 
Yeah, your stuff's great. I see it's, everything you guys are posting. And she's she's been so instrumental in that in getting us to the, the the number of Twitter followers that we have. But it is it's a freaking job. It is so time consuming. And and I feel like I feel like the engine is constantly going because you got to write a blog post. And I love doing the podcast. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I only do one every other week, so it's not like I'm you know. In, but every the other content elements that are involved in keeping yourself relevant. Is is very time consuming. It is. It has to be part of your day, like every day, right? Yeah, you know, it's um, it's an important. It's, marketing is an important aspect of, mm-hmm. of your business. If you, if you could have the greatest business, provide the greatest service, but this is how we market. Markets how you let people know you're here and you're open for business. Oh God, it's exhausting. I'm exhausted. Yeah. So as far as a website goes, what do you think? Like for a talent, since. The majority of the people that are listening are budding talent or they're already somewhat established in their career. What do you think the most important thing to have on your website would be? So I'm going to start on a technical answer for this, but I'm going to keep it really simple. Okay. Under the hood stuff, stuff that your customers don't see, mm-hmm. your website visitors don't see, Google Analytics. Okay. So whoever makes your website, if it, if you make it yourself, if you're savvy enough, if you have someone to help you. Make sure you have something like Google Analytics installed. And what Google Analytics is, is monitoring for the traffic on your website. It will tell you how many people visited your website. Is this free? It's free. Yeah. It is free. Okay. It's free. It will tell you what, what pages they went to, how okay. long they stayed on them, where they came from. So if you, if you do have a strong social media content strategy and you're posting links to your blog on Facebook, on Twitter, mm-hmm. you post a blog this morning, mm-hmm. by the end of the day, you can see... 12 people came from Facebook, Ah. six people came from Twitter, and they averaged 45 seconds on the blog post. So you can get an idea of if people are reading it. Um, It gets pretty detailed. Yeah. So when you set up a website, you know, that's one of the things that often gets overlooked, often gets forgotten. Um, People who are not technically savvy, they don't know that this stuff even exists sometimes. So if you're going to set up a website, have a way to monitor your traffic and smart and know something about it it's it's going to lead to a lot of informed decisions about what you do with your website again you know if if you're new to this this is like you know going to an auto body shop and someone tells you your timing belt needs to be changed and you don't know what that means it's just a price and a a part (laughs) yeah um so having something like google analytics is going to help you make informed decisions and what i mean by that is at some point you as your business owner is, is going to say, hey, I really want to add another page to my site. I think it would be great if we had a page about X. And your web designer might say, well, I'm looking at your analytics, you know, your traffic. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like people really go to this section of your website. They're not interested. Okay. And you might learn something about your visitors. And it might save you money on a project that you don't really need to be doing. Oh, or, wow. you know, just yeah, knowing how smart. to, you know, know, knowing what people are using your website for is going to help you decide what's worth spending money and time on and what's not. Right. Or, or look to the things that are working and expand on those. Now, here's a question. This is probably a little offshoot, and then we can get back to the, the rest of what you want to talk about. A Wix site, mm-hmm. a site that you get on GoDaddy, you know, those templates that anyone can basically try to create, are those less relevant in a search or I mean because don't certain words have to be I don't know you know what I'm saying that it this is a great question about Wix Squarespace the you know the website builders the do-it-yourself yeah, builders they make it look so they make it look easy. easy and again it really depends on 
how technically savvy you are. Even these website builders, they require you know familiar familiarity with basic HTML or basic you know document formatting, mm-hmm. just just general concepts. Um, and for some people, that's still going to be a whirlwind for people. And for some people, right. it's going to be easy. Um, and then a lot of people ask me, you know, well, I can do my website for by myself for you know. a month for Squarespace, or I can hire a web designer who's going to sell a website for a couple thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. Why should I spend the money on a website? Right. What's the difference? There will be limitations eventually with Wix or Squarespace because it's not an open platform. It's a proprietary system that they've built Mm -hmm. to make it easy for you. So whenever you do something like that, there are naturally going to be trade-offs. Right. You can't have an infinitely complex website that's also infinitely simple. At some point, your business will grow and you will scale and you will outgrow that. Not always. You Mm -hmm. know, there are some people who just want a website that's always just going to be like a brochure. It's just their calling card. Okay. Mm -hmm. It just has some pictures, a list of services, and they never want to do anything more. But at some point, you may want to launch a integrated email marketing campaign. And you Mm -hmm. might find... You can't do everything with one of these. With one of these, and, and there's going to be a problem. So, you know, I like to say buy once, cry once. You know, <laughs> sometimes you just just do it right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. If you have a long term view and you know that you want to grow and you want to scale, because gotcha. if you don't pay for it now, you most likely are going to pay for it later. Right. And sometimes when you've gone down that track. The only way back is to reverse down the track to the beginning and go down another track. It's like not if, easy. If you wind up setting up one of these sites through like a Wix or whatever, I mean, as far as being able to be found on the internet, is there a difference? I mean, or would someone have to type in exactly like the, your, your your URL that you, you know, are, are using? Well, whether you make a website on Wix or you have somebody design you a custom website – you're never going to automatically rank and show up for anything. There's there's always going to be some level of work involved in that. And, you know, these websites like Wix and Squarespace, they've they've definitely made them with SEO in mind. Mm-hmm. But at some point, you may find yourself working with an outside consultant or agency on your SEO. And there's going to be things that they want to do from a technical standpoint to really, you know, maybe to really kind of go for the gold with your SEO. Okay. And there will be limiting factors on those website builders. Okay, that makes sense. Um, But ultimately, the basis for all good SEO is good quality original content. At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. Google is trying to make computers, bots, crawlers, Mm -hmm. that can look at all these websites as if they were a human. And the way that they're going to view a website and view it as worth ranking high is if they can read it as a human and say, this is a great website. This has all of the information that I'm looking for on Mm. this topic. Okay. And if it does, you may start to see ranking for that topic or that keyword. So as long as your website, if you're talking about voiceovers or voiceover classes, right? You teach classes and workshops. Right. If you have a bunch of content on your website devoted to voiceover workshops, voiceover classes, uh, voiceover education, Mm -hmm. um, and all types of content and keywords. If a human being can look at that and get value Mm -hmm. 
and and have it be relevant to a certain topic then or a phrase, will... then so will the bots. Gotcha. And and every day, every week, those bots get smarter and more like a human. So it can't just be fluff. You can't just fill the site with fluff. No. It and, has to be content re- relevant to and 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 what I just laid out there that that strategy for good quality content, relevant mm-hmm. content, you can do that on Wix, Squarespace, I see. or or okay. on your own. That's the prerequisite before any technical SEO can ever happen. Right. Okay. You got to have the good content. How, what about frequency of updating it? I mean, do you have to? So Google stay on top of that. Google prefers fresh content. They. You know, one of their fact ranking factors is freshness. They call it. See, when was the last time a website was updated? Um, that's our actual term, freshness. Yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's why blogging is so important too. Oh wow! Because you can't force freshness, right? If you're a restaurant, right, you, you're not just going to add a new steak to the menu because you you need to update your website. Right, you're going to add it when you're ready to add the food. Oh, gotcha. Um, so a blog gives you this great way to always be adding new fresh content just right. by coming up with an article um, and the the real value in blogging for SEO is that every blog post can be a very specific topic with mm. a very specific set of keywords or phrases um, and the more content you amass on your website you might write an article uh, about you know how to um, how, I had, how I, to do SEO as a voice <laughs> voiceover actor? Yeah, right. As a blog post, and one day somebody's going to be googling SEO tips for voiceover actors, mm-hmm. and your website might come up. Oh, interesting. Because of that one blog post, right? Just because of that one post, mm-hmm. it's that effective. Yeah, it's not that easy, but right. it's you know when it all were and that, and that, again, it's a numbers game. If you are writing a blog post every day. At the end of every month, you're going to have a couple dozen posts. Right. And the more that's out there, you're just increasing your chances of, of catching fire and rank for a certain keyword or topic. I can't write every day. I, can't, I mean, I can't even come up with the ideas to write every day. You know, it's like I want to put quality stuff out. I don't want to just ramble about things. Quality is more important. Yeah. More so, is more important than quantity. Because I'm trying to get myself on a routine with the blog. You ever blog heard post. this phrase, quality over quantity? It yeah. doesn't even just apply to search engine optimization or blogging or social. It, it's, it's relevant life, it's for everything. Concept. True. Um, so, so are there other things you wanted to talk about, the importance with the website? Because I kind of derailed you. <laughs> no, I, you know, I, I did talk about some under the hood stuff like Google Analytics. Um, another under the hood thing is something called the Facebook Pixel. Um Again, I won't get too technical into this, but just like Google um, Analytics is a tool you can use to monitor and analyze your traffic to your site, the Facebook Pixel is another little tracking mechanism that can look at the people visiting your website and then also help find those people mm. on Facebook. So there's a lot of different types of advanced kind of advertising you can do now. So let's say you're on Amazon shopping for a watch. Or, yeah. or a handbag or something, and then you see ads for that watch I or know, handbag that creeps me out. every day. Yeah, the, those are called retargeting ads. So the Facebook Pixel is something else you might want to talk to your web developer about and ask about that, um, because that might help you one day mm-hmm. when somebody Google's something, find your blog post, ends up on your website, read your blog post, but then leaves your website and never comes back. Mm-hmm. The Facebook Pixel will allow you to now show an ad 
on Facebook because somebody read your oh, blog post. Right. So now you're really going in a, a, a long roundabout way of finding somebody who discovered you <laughs> right. through search uh-huh. and read a blog post uh-huh. that you wrote because it was relevant to their search. But now they see an ad for this is crazy. your business later because they had visited your website and it's connected to Facebook with the Facebook pixel. This is, is what they crazy. Call it. Um, and that's like under the hood stuff and, and there's a whole lot, but those are two like really basic things that everyone should be considering when you start the website, they're free. Um, yeah. and, and they're the type of things where you need to add it before you're ready to do stuff because it takes time to gather that data. Oh, wow. You know, if you, if you, if you launch your website today uh-huh. and wait six months to install Google analytics, you won't have data on your traffic for six months. It oh, only starts wow. recording from so the moment So that should be the first thing you should really think about. It should be about. one of the first things you do. Um, you know, and that, that's under the hood stuff. Stuff that your website visitors see that yeah. your website should have. Um, again, this goes back to the content. The five W's, you know, who, what, where, when, and why. The, a, a, every business should yeah. be having that on your website. I teach that with uh, copy interpretation. Well, that, and then that, <laughs> that's what thing. it is. You yeah. know, that's it. You have to establish all of those things on your website. Um, it doesn't always matter how many pages you have. You can do, you can establish who, what, when, where, and why on a single page website mm. where a user scrolls from the top to the bottom and you start with your introduction. Hi. It's so much cleaner there too. Yeah. It's nice. If yeah. you look, and especially if you're new and just starting out, don't try to take on the world. Right. Introduce yourself at the top of your website. Hi, I am, or we are, this is our business name. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. This is why you should consider us. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is how we do it. You know, just give someone insight, walk them through the step, you know, the steps of your business and lead them to a call to action. So, I mean, for a voiceover talent, you're basically you're the product. The voice is the product. So, you're saying to you have to find the demographic of who might be looking for you, you know, which would be producers and ad agencies, things like that, and then I guess figure out how you are different. From mm-hmm. other talent, you know what your signature is, that would come into it. Your experience, your mm-hmm. portfolio, you know, um, you know this. This is a time where people would name drop or you know um, point to the you know who they've worked with or the Client. types of projects mm-hmm. that they've worked on. Um, again, this is your moment to introduce yourself to someone and make an impression. This this first sixty seconds of looking at your website is going to influence 90% of what they think about you for the rest of your relationship. Oh, interesting. You know, there a lot happens in the first impression. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you want to establish that and speak, speak to them. So if you're addressing the producers, Say the things that they you, you already know what they're going to ask you. You know you you know your right. business better talk than anyone. Talk about your studio. Talk about yeah. They, they want to know how's the quality. You know, mm-hmm. or is this is this person going to turn around quality that's Are at our pr- standards? Yeah. Um, so answer those questions right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the same you know same concepts from even persuasive essay writing. Address their concerns first mm-hmm. before they've even had a chance. You know, address it, and then they're right on to now. Interesting. Um, I wound up trying to make it easy for my clients uh, or potential clients, and I started to just post up samples of my voice, not full demos. I mean, I have my demos up there, but I put up there just samples of warm read, you know, uh, authoritative read. And I find now a lot of clients will say, we want you to read it like you're authoritative. I tried to make it as simple as possible from what they've asked, has been asked of me. 
or I've a, seen in casting. That's that's a great approach. That's a great way to use a website. That's the power you have with the website is right. to come up with, you know, unique ways to sell yourself or position your product or service, um, show people the options. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't know your industry, you know, your competitor land, you know, competitive landscape to know <laughs> if anyone else is doing that. But if they're not they or not are. doing it the way you are, that that's an opportunity for you to be unique and, mm-hmm. you know, put another differentiating factor out there. I give away everything on this podcast. Well, well <laughs> look, that that's a powerful sales tool also yeah. because you might have someone that didn't discover you through your website and you're working with them via phone or email and you can now say, hey, listen, go to my website. Yeah. On my website, you can hear a few samples of different you know, different styles, different, different reads. Yeah, the different reads I do. Mm-hmm. And and now your website is not just a, you know, lead generation tool for new customers, but mm-hmm. a sales tool for existing ones, you know, to make, make it easy. Let me get your opinion on something because some voice talent, um, there's a company that will put, it's probably just links, though, to their demos in the, in the email signature. And, you know, you pay a fee and all that. Do you think that's worthwhile? Well, you'd want to do something like that linking to your own website or it's a service it's it's basically it comes up as an email signature and then it says a uh, commercial demo click here and it's already in your email signature i'm assuming it just links to your commercial demo on that's on your website but have you ever seen anything like that where people try to put like an audio link or yeah it's you know what it is it's a it's a call to action one way or another that people are just trying to put into their email signature um Again, it's about it's about points of contact. So email is, you know, you're sending right. out emails. It's just one more point of contact where someone can click something. Um, and again, it's a numbers game. So having it there, I don't see how it could it could hurt you. And right. Okay. So Google AdWords, we have to talk about because I have a story about Google AdWords. Two thousand, I think it was after September 11th, two thousand two. I'm doing voiceovers from my home, and I'm like, ooh, Google AdWords, let me do this. And having no clue about anything, I put all my stuff in, you know. I had a little bit of knowledge of, like, HTML and stuff. But so I, I, I fancied myself, like, okay, I've done my own, like, little website, so I can easily do this. So being completely clueless, hand over my credit card, you know. And the first month, it was like $3,000 worth of charges because I had no clue. She didn't set a daily I budget? <laughs> I, I, I guess I didn't, I didn't understand what was happening, thankfully. They may not have even had those features back then. Yeah, I wound up with a, a large client that made me like forty grand, so it paid for it. But I learned my lesson very quickly that I had to leave it to a professional because I guess unless you spend hours doing research on this and figuring it out, I mean, what do you, I know you're a big proponent of Google because we we use Google AdWords and I've had we've had a lot of success with it. Yeah, um, you know, I know a lot of people that have learned Google AdWords on their own. You know, there's a you know Google basically has a training program that will certify you as a Google AdWords partner. Um, oh, that's cool. And I I know a lot of people who you know they work for you know a business and some higher up tasked them with, hey, figure this Google AdWords stuff out. Oh, God. And, and they'll pay for the, the training and get them certified. And, and you can, div- you know, you can do it on your own. You know, it, it's, but it's it's an undertaking. You know, you have to be serious about it. There's, wow. um, it's not as easy as just putting your credit card into a machine and saying, hey, I want to show up for these keywords. You know, that's a very, you know, simple, what, you know, I concept mm-hmm. of what it is. Um, but to really get the most out of it, you know, you've got to understand 
you know, the technical underpinnings of how <laughs> how, how it works. Pay um, someone. Don't do it yourself. I'm, I'm, that's my advice. Yeah, I think it's a good idea to at least consult somebody, you know, who you trust and, and, and knows what they're talking about. Um, and again, there's there's no one size fits all, you know, mm-hmm. so there there are some businesses, you know, I work with clients where, you know, our AdWords accounts are, are huge. You know, right. there's a campaign for every different product they have. Um, and there's there's tracking mechanisms built into the ads where, you know, somebody somebody clicks an ad, goes to the website, makes a purchase, and now we can attribute that dollar value to the keyword that was to searched. The keyword. And, and you know, a lot of that takes, you know, technical setup on your website. You know, there's a lot of integrations and a lot of, you know, technical stuff to set up. Wow. Um, even, you know, if you search for something and you see an ad on Google, sometimes you'll see the phone number appear, you know, that you can click or yeah. you know, sometimes there's a button on the ad or um, some other additional call outs or, you know, rich information like reviews and stars and stuff like that. Um, those are all technical features, you know, of a Google AdWords account that you kind of have to know what they how are, what's available and, to you, mm-hmm. how to set them up. Um, yeah, but very Now, wise. what about, in your opinion, of all the ways to do digital marketing, you know, we've got Facebook ads, Instagram, what do you think right now, anyway, is the most effective? Um, I don't think there's a, there's not a straightforward answer to that. And I think the coolest thing about right now is that there's so many different options mm. and Everyone's business and industry differs so much that what what might work for you might not work at all for another business. Gotcha. Um, the most important thing in figuring out what you know what your prescription is going to be, what's going to work for your business, is working with you know marketing consultant or somebody who is very familiar with all of these things, but someone who, else who can learn your business. And I keep saying consultant because I think this industry has shifted from have your web designer do this. Because your oh. web designer is not always business-minded. Gotcha. So, sometimes a web designer is just a technical programmer or an artist. Oh, um, and you're commissioning, commissioning them to design you a beautiful, functioning website that's coded properly and looks yeah. pretty. Um, but marketing is none of those things. Marketing is understanding what the business is, who the customers are, where the customers are, and what the message should be. Um, and once you know the answers to those questions, you can determine what the best channels are. Is that Instagram? Is that Facebook? Is that Google? Is mm-hmm. it all of the above? Um, but you really can't answer those questions until you know who the customers are and what the business is. Um, but like someone like you, you do both. You build websites and you do the SEO consulting. Yeah, I think, you know. So you're like a hybrid. I think I backed into this, you know, because I think it started when I was younger, you know, in high school and college playing in bands because I kind of, you know, I grew up, you know, as a digital native, as they call it. You know, I didn't I didn't know much of a world before computers, <laughs> you know, so we kind of, you know, you know, we were, you know, I was pirating Photoshop when I was in seventh grade, <laughs> oh my God. Um, you know, and starting to mess around and learn how to make graphics. So, you know, you just fi- you figure out, you know, Growing up, I guess, with computers, how to do just enough of everything, you know, that mm-hmm. you've, you've seen it, you've, you've dabbled with websites. and um, But in all the bands I was in, I always had to market ourselves. I was, I was always very, oh, you wow. know, I was very so you learned entrepreneurial. Like that. Yeah, so, you know, I remember being on MySpace and, 
you know, our band would have a show coming up in a town that's like 10 mi- 25 miles away, and I'd have to go on MySpace and, and search for people who are within 25 <laughs> miles of this zip code who like these bands, yeah. and then go and start messaging people and saying, hey, we're a band, and we're coming to this oh venue right by where you live. It'd be cool if you came out and checked us out, and, you know, we can yeah. give you – we can get you on our guest list. And – um and that was the beginning of my, you know, running my band like a business and, and using digital marketing, you know, efforts. And th- that was very grassroots stuff. You know, we weren't buying ads. We were just right. you know, being resourceful with what we had in front of us. That's amazing. And then um, I remember right after college, a family member of mine um, came up to me at a Christmas party and said, hey, you know, I have a friend who needs a website. You make websites, don't you? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, because he knew I'd made websites for my bands and yeah. dabbled with it. And I'm like... Nah, not really, though. You know, I don't really make websites, you know. He's like, but you could, right? <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I guess I could. Sure. He's like, well, I have someone who has a business, and they really need a website. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I was I was like 24 years old. I was really nervous about, you know. Yeah. I'm not good enough where I could t- charge someone for this, you know, not for, their, not for their business. They can't count on me for that. And, uh, you know, he pushed me. He believed in me, and he said, just just go meet with them. You know, just, just see what it's all about. See wow. if you could help them. I went put together a proposal. It was for like a couple hundred dollars. I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. I had way over my head. Um, and as soon as I had the job, I realized I didn't know how to make websites. And I had to learn a lot. And, oh, I, wow. and I, I immediately ran to a friend who actually made websites. And I said, I need you. Um, you're, I'm going to give you all the money I made. I didn't tell him how little it was yet, but you're going to get all of it. I don't even want to make money because I just felt obligated now to get the yeah, job done. Yeah. And then... Uh, this was it was this was a very difficult friend to work with. Oh no! If the client said they wanted the text pink, yeah, he wouldn't do it. Oh no! Why oh. personal pr- preference? Oh yeah, he's like I won't I won't I won't do that. It'll look bad. I'm oh, like, well, one of well, these. I need you to do it, you know, because the, the client, client wants, wants it. it, and I tried. <laughs> I, you know, I tried, but they're sticking with pink. Let's we gotta do pink, and eventually it got so difficult working with him that I just went to the bookstore. I bought five, six books on making websites, and I just started reading them. All, and I, I probably put 20 books, you know, on my shelf <laughs> that I read about making websites, and I, I learned that way. Self-taught. And then uh, this same client, um, it, we developed into a really good relationship because they trusted me. It mm. wasn't about how good the website was. It wasn't about anything. It was about the fact that they trusted me. And their next question was, how do we get people to the website to buy the product now? Oh. <laughs> They're like, can't we get on Google or something? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> I got it. Let me, I'll, I'll figure that out. And then uh, Google AdWords came into my, you So you know, basically backed into both of these situations. Yeah. And, you know, I've never, I've never fancied myself as a web designer. And, and anytime I've ever met with a new client, um, I almost give them the disclaimer, like, look, you you could get a prettier website from someone else, you know. And I, my website's gonna look nice. You trust me, it'll work. It'll be great. Yeah, I love my websites. Well, I've gotten better. It's you yeah. know, it's taken me a long time, but you know, I figured out how to design a decent website. But um, I'm glad you're happy with it. Um, you know, but I I tell them, you're hiring me also really for the consulting, the fact that you know over the last ten years of doing this now since that first client, you know, I've I've been asked to do everything from getting someone's product off of a ship on the west coast and into a factory 
and uh, finding a fulfillment company to mm. ship the orders. Oh, God. Um, you know, so I've learned how to do a lot, and I've also learned, you know, the value of not just making someone's website. You know, right. it's, it's it's their business. You know, if, if someone right. opens a brick and mortar store, they need the electric, they need the plumbing, they need the, yeah, the security cameras, all of this stuff. And, you know, knowing how all these parts work together, um, even if I have to hire someone else to do it, mm -hmm. it's good for my clients, you know, to work with someone who has a lot of, you know, knowledge of just all the working parts and can really just oversee, you know, and advise. So what, I know this is a huge question, but what's a ballpark, just as we wrap up the, the whole concept of a website, for a talent, just a talent, you know, I'm not talking about selling so, products or anything, just. So for a talent, you're, you know, your basic website is going to be a brochure website. I mean, by a brochure style website, it establishes the five W's, who, what, when, where, and why. Mm -hmm. It's not going to have any special functionality. And what I mean by that, you're not going to have a store and, right. all, and a shopping cart. You're not going to have a, a pricing calculator, you know, like a quoting engine for a client. It's going to be simple. It's going to, it's, it'll, it can look beautiful and be very fancy, mm -hmm. but content wise, it'll be straightforward, straightforward to the point, list out your services, have a contact form. It'll be, you know, video galleries, photo galleries. Um, if you're hiring someone and you and you want a good product, nothing super fancy. You know, nothing that's going to win you, you know, web design awards. <laughs> One to three thousand dollars. You know, and it really just depends on exactly what you need, um, who's making your website. But uh, I, I find that once you once you start dipping below fifteen hundred thousand dollars, you're going to get iffy results because chances are that. Whoever's doing work mm -hmm. like that for under a thousand dollars, you get you get what you pay for. Right, I gotcha. You know? Oh, that's a, um, that's a good ballpark. And, it, and, then. and if, if you're going over three thousand dollars for a brochure website, um, chances are you're paying a premium for it at that point, um, or or you're getting something really fancy. Maybe that's what you want. You know, that's not saying you shouldn't spend more than that, but you can expect one to three thousand dollars. You you can be happy in that range. Most people. So another story around that same period of time when I blew all that money on Google AdWords. Um, I had a friend who was this incredible web designer, and he offered to do a site for me. And he was doing it for free. Like, he was like, don't worry about it. You don't have to pay me. But he was, like, advanced, advanced. And he built, like, this, like, this, uh, uh, what do I want to say? Like a, a sh like a spaceship. And it was well, Flash. This is when Flash was, like, just coming out. And there was this beautiful site, and like I had my friend do a voiceover, said lindabruno.com, and the spaceship comes out, and then it goes to like this navigation thing. I lost so many clients after that because people were like, "Well, we can't afford you," you know. And that's the site was too nice; it was too like advanced for what it was that I did, and I wound up actually losing people. And at that point, I went back to straight basic you know no whistles and bells my demos my hat i had all my basics but i had to learn my lesson that way too it's not like trial and error it seems <laughs> simple and to the point never hurt anyone yeah yeah it was a good looking site oh it's a shame it sounds a little, it sounds like everything that was wrong with flash though <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know i was really i was way impressed well thank you so much for joining yeah. us phil this, is, this has Thanks been in incredibly me. informative and um you have your own website and you just talked yourself down about doing websites but um obviously if you've gotten onto voiceover.guru you have seen how beautiful my website is our website sorry he all has also done lindabruno.com too so if you like that you like that kind of layout then feel free to contact him and your web address again it's flipcreative.me 
Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been another episode of the Voiceover Gurus podcast, and we'll see you again real soon. Thank you.